As I write, decluttering and minimalist living appear to be at something of a crossroads. Hit Netflix shows and best-selling books are pushing them into the mainstream, but at the same time, there is something of a backlash. Some, rightly in my opinion, are questioning the trends of, for example, encouraging people to only have a limited number of books or to pare down their possessions to a bare minimum overnight. It just doesn't sit well with many. I can understand this. I'm no minimalist, and I certainly don't encourage the people I work with to live in pristine, ascetic white spaces. I believe there's a balance to be struck in our homes between chaos and order, allowing us clear, harmonious spaces that give us room to think while still having a healthy amount of stuff that we love, find useful, or simply don't want to lose. Things are rarely black and white, and in my work, I'm much more focused on helping people establish a practical and psychological balance in their homes than on foisting a lifestyle on them. There's a degree of truth in the claim that you'll be happier if you live in a well-ordered, tidy space, but real life is messy and chaotic, and no amount of neatly folded socks is going to resolve that. Here's the key matter as I see it. Things are never just things. We attach meaning to the objects in our lives, or perhaps more accurately, meanings attach themselves to these objects, seemingly of their own accord. These meanings can be mundane or practical, but they can also be profound and emotionally charged. As a result, the objects themselves can feel intimately connected to deeply significant moments or periods in our lives, binding us to them. We may also feel they help us hold on to memories of people we love or have loved and lost. Other objects can become entangled with events that we are unwilling or unable to move on from because they feel unresolved. In the case of objects associated with painful or even traumatic events, we may struggle to truly see them or what they may represent. That battered hat on top of the wardrobe is rarely just a battered hat. It's the hat that Sarah gave me when we visited Bath. And just what did happen with Sarah? We were so close. I really must try to reconnect with her again. So, we keep the hat, consciously or unconsciously, as an aid memoir, or because it connects us with someone, and back it goes on top of the wardrobe. In this book, you'll discover some of the complex interconnections between the physical and psychological aspects of our homes. Through my work, I've discovered many fascinating ways in which our homes can reflect our internal worlds. When someone is chaotic or troubled in some way, this is invariably mirrored in their home. So, by reorganizing the spaces we inhabit and the objects within them, we are, in a real sense, reordering our psyches. We construct our mental and physical worlds in parallel. For example, If a beloved grandparent gives me a teacup that I feel has significant value or meaning, I'm likely to pay more attention to it. Perhaps I'll place it reverently on the 
best china shelf, a place of prominence or safety. As I put other cups in the same location, they are, by association, likely to also take on greater value in my perception. Years later, if I sort through the best china shelf and move things into a box to go to charity, the place they hold in my inner world of meaning and value shifts. Unlike some, I don't think of accumulating clutter as simply a fault that needs to be corrected. Rather, it is often a very human response to psychologically significant forces that are at play in someone's life. People rarely struggle to let go of certain things simply due to weak will or a lack of organizational skills. More often it is because of pain that is connected with those objects. Pain that they don't want to face. 